Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 898 of the Juicebox Podcast. I make little notes for myself after I edit the podcasts, and usually my notes are meant to help me record the open to the podcast, but I got to tell you, I didn't understand my own notes. So this is Jacqueline. She's got a kid with type 1 diabetes. I think they had a problem at school. We end up talking about people's responsibilities at their job a lot. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Also, try to ignore the fact while you're listening to me rant about people not doing their jobs that I did not do my job by leaving myself an audio note that was clear enough for me to make the beginning of this episode. Just let that irony go past you. Actually, if you need to be distracted, go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box to cleanse your palate. Get there and uh, take the survey. Finishing the survey helps type 1 diabetes research. It supports the show. It helps people with type 1. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Your mental sorbet before beginning the podcast. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod. Of course, Omnipod makes the Omnipod 5, which is an automated tubeless insulin pump, and they make the Omnipod Dash, which is not automated, but still a tubeless insulin pump. You'll figure it all out at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. My daughter has been wearing an Omnipod every day for over 14 years. It's been a friend in this journey. I think you'll enjoy it. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. When you support the sponsors by clicking on my links or typing them in a browser, you are helping to keep this podcast plentiful and free. You're also helping to support the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. I mean, technically, you're paying my bills, and then I do all the stuff, and then you get it for free. You understand how commerce works, I imagine. Juiceboxpodcast.com, all the links to all the sponsors. If you need a GVOG HypoPen, you need a Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter, a Dexcom, an Omnipod. Uh, what else? You want to check out Touch by Type 1. You want to get yourself some AG1 from Athletic Greens, or you want some quality bedding from Cozy Earth. These are things you'll find at juiceboxpodcast.com. There are also links in the show notes of the audio app you're listening in right now. What I forget? What I forget? Hold on a second. You're like, just start the podcast, Scout. What are you doing? I'm doing business. Omnipod, Dexcom, Contour, Gvoke, AG1, the T1D Exchange, US Med. That's what I forgot. US Med's where my daughter gets her diabetes supplies from. Touch by Type 1, Cozy Earth. I think we've got, I can't say that one yet, but I think we got a new one coming. T1D Exchange. Did I say that? I said it. That's it. Oh, BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com forward slash Juicebox. Save 10% on your first month of therapy. Therapy. Uh, I think we all need therapy. Betterhelp.com forward slash juice box. All right, guys, that's it. I appreciate you listening to this stuff. I mean, being completely honest and serious, the podcast doesn't exist without the sponsors and the sponsors don't come back without you. It's a circle of life kind of thing. If you need one of these things, please click on my links. I'm not saying go buy something you don't want. I'm not saying to go buy something you don't need. I'm not saying to go buy something you can't afford. I'm saying if you're getting therapy, if you need a hypo pen, if you want a Dexcom, etc. and so on, click the links. 
Hi, my name is Jacqueline. <laughs> and I have a daughter living with type 1 diabetes. Jacqueline. Um, why do I hear people talking behind you, Jacqueline? What's going on? My daughter actually is online learning right now. She's doing digital school. Oh. I could close the door. Could but you? I don't know if that would make the echo worse. Well, let's find out. Because we, def <laughs> okay, we definitely on. can't have a disembodied voice behind us while okay, we're talking. hold on. She must have just made it louder because it wasn't. I couldn't hear it before, and now I can. No, so. it's okay. It uh, you you were like, "Hey, I'm Jacqueline. I have a daughter living with type one diabetes," and then I felt like I was picking up half of a CB channel behind me. So <laughs> we, we don't want that. Okay, so how, that's just what my house always sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> like CB radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think people even know what that is? I had a nightmare about a CB radio two nights ago. Actually, go on. Involving one. Oh God, it's so disturbing. It's so I was so upset. I. I had a dream that I was with, I have a friend who has a daughter that's my daughter's age that hang out. And I dreamt me and my friend were like on this road trip. We were going somewhere and we were letting our little girls like um, go for walks out on their own. And we were like watching them from a distance. And then like we check in on them and then we're just letting them walk around in the woods like idiots. And then like it gets dark and I realize I don't know where they are. And I have this giant TV radio and I'm like calling out on the radio. Like, has anybody seen these little girls? And we're, and then this crazy, like the creepiest, deepest voice you've ever heard comes back on the radio and indicates that like he has them. I'm thinking, but it was like cracked up. Like you couldn't tell what he was saying. And then I was like begging him to get them back to us. And he's like, they're fine. They've already had their milk and cookies. <laughs> and, then, and then I woke up and I was like, so sick, like, and upset. And I, it's because it's this ice cream from the night before was called milk and cookies, I think. Wait, you had ice cream the <laughs> evening before called milk and cookies? Yes. I'm, listen. Oh my God. So had I not like arbitrarily said CB radio, which is a very bizarre thing to say, then we would not have heard about your dream. Maybe not. Yeah. No, I don't it, see it. How really, it really like messed me up. I was really messed Did up. Did you wake day. up sort of like shook? Yeah. Well, it was kind of one of those things where this was like, I woke up at like, it wasn't even midnight yet. Like I had just, I hadn't even been asleep that long. And you're kind of in that headspace where you don't even really realize what's real and what's not and if mm -hmm. you're sleeping so you know you wake up and you're like oh my god is my kid like abducted and that like my child was abducted like this in the this in the pit of my stomach and um it was not good and then I woke up and I'm like oh it's it's just type 1 diabetes <laughs> it's not so bad <laughs> is that what woke you up <laughs> at least I have her uh, the dream woke me up yeah but yeah. I think because I was just physically so ill over it that's crazy. Well, yeah, I, we were just so we were just talking about dreams last night. My son um, comes up to me and he goes, uh, "In your dreams, do people can you hear people when they're talking?" And I was like, "What?" And he goes, "And so at first I thought, well, yeah, I can hear people's conversations in my dreams, right? I don't really recall them, but I hear them. I I know that I'm aware of them when I'm dreaming." And then he goes, "No, no, no." He goes, "Do you actually hear them, or do you just know?" that what they're saying to each other and i was like oh wow this is like a matrix question like like are you hearing sounds in your head no yes. you you say yes but i don't think so 
because that voice was so distinctive. Like I heard that voice, that that but, creepy voice over the CB radio. Like I could tell you exactly what it sounds like. Right. But I think what my son is saying is, does your brain just create that that impulse that makes you feel like you heard it? Because if you if you and I stop right now, if we all stop right now, that you know, here we'll do it all together. Everybody's listening. If we get very <laughs> quiet and try to picture someone who we know's voice. You can hear it in your head, but that doesn't mean you're hearing sound. Not physical sound. Right, right. So he's talking to me like this, and I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm having a conversation, and we're all high. Because he's like, he's like, he's like, can you really hear it? And I'm like, no. And he goes, and plus, dreams move very quickly. He goes, maybe you just infer that you know what's happening. Like, you're seeing the images, quote unquote, but not, but he's like, how would you hear it? It's moving so fast. And and so I was just like, oh my god, you're flipping me out. <laughs> <laughs> How old is your son? He's he sounds like my son. <laughs> he's 22. He's, <laughs> and he, he, somebody set it downstairs, and it caught his attention. I was upstairs working, and I think he had a half an hour conversation with my wife about it before he walked up and asked me. So um, anyway, the I, at some point during this podcast, if it gets weird or quiet for just one second, I'm going to lean into the microphone and go, Jacqueline, I have the girls. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> don't worry. They've had their oh. milk and cookies. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's so really creepy. So uh, disturbing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, okay. So, how, how old you? How many kids do you have in total? Um, I have two biological children, and then I have two um, bonus stepsons that are older now. Okay. Um, so my stepsons are eighteen and twenty, and then um. My daughter is 10 and um, my son is 12. Okay. All right. So a couple of interesting questions here. Do your stepsons have any autoimmune issues? No. Okay. Um, They're not related. So we're just kind of like the Brady Bunch. Are they not related to the man you're married to? Yeah, they are. But my two children are from a previous marriage. Oh, hold on a second. All right, so there's like when you woke up from your dream last night, there was a guy laying next to you. Those boys are his. Your ki- <laughs> your kids are not his. So that your kids are his stepchildren. Yes. Ah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I got it. 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 Like the Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Except with fewer people and creepy <laughs> dreams. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So you have a ten and a twelve year old. Your ten year old has type one. Yes. Is a girl. I'm sorry. Yes. All right. How about the twelve year old girl or boy? He's a boy and healthy as can be. Okay. And nobody in my family or their dad's family has any history of any autoimmune. Nothing. Celiac. No. Nothing at all. Okay. Nothing. All right. Nothing. Okay. Um, she did get, this was a COVID thing. Yeah. For, uh, so this is super yeah. interesting because I watch these conversations evolve <laughs> online constantly. And I can never tell because it's online writing if it's just people's like, you know, in, they're not being specific when they're communicating and writing or if they really feel this way. Because you'll hear people say, you know, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes after I had COVID. And you'll, right. ha- and you'll hear people say, COVID gave me type 1 diabetes. Now, I don't know what they mean when they say that. So how do you feel about it when you, when you think about it? So 
what happened with my actually both of my kids got covid after being at school for two weeks okay. um last august so um they both had a fever and then bell had like a super light cough for a couple of weeks lincoln nothing i mean they really had like hardly any symptoms at all mm-hmm. and j- just for to preface this my kids have never had an ear infection they used to get perfect attendance like my kids are like I'm a nutrition freak. Like we, they are no history of any issues whatsoever. Um, and I thought my kids could handle it because every news source told me this isn't the kids can handle this. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, so it was exactly two weeks. It was the day she was supposed to go back to school after she was, you know, quarantined at home. Um, the night before she started vomiting and, I thought it was something she ate. I didn't link it to anything else. I'm like, oh, she must have had, you know, because she was at her at her dad's house, so they eat a little different, um, which is fine. Um, but I think like, it doesn't eat. sound fine. In case you're wondering, <laughs> <laughs> they were not their- exactly the way I would do it, but I appreciate everything they do. And, and that's know. why he lives by himself now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he's I'm actually <laughs> he's actually remarried as well, and <laughs> okay. she's fantastic she's been really fantastic um anyway so she had dinner over there um actually she started to get sick over there the night before she was supposed to go back to school mm-hmm. and when she started to get sick um i was like i'll just come get her because i'm her mom and she needs to be with me when she's not feeling good <laughs> i'm not biased at all by the way yeah. so i i bring her home and she just is vomiting like all through the night and after, on hour like four or five i'm i'm googling like when do you take your kid to the er how much because i'm am i overreacting this is it's probably just a food poisoning or a bug or something and then i noticed she was breathing kind of heavy and her and then i'm like okay if your breathing is off like to me that's emergency room mm-hmm. like if you can't breathe or you're like she just had very labored breathing. And so took her in. She like had trouble walking from the car to the ER. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, come on, let's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I just walk. <laughs> and I like had no idea what was going on. I thought she was just being dramatic because mm-hmm. she has a history of of dramatics. Um, and we got in there and oh my God, thank God for this children's hospital. They were just amazing um they pricked her finger immediately they said they smelled it on her and um immediately they said oh it looks like onset and i'm like i have no idea what that means like onset onset what like what the hell is everybody talking about and so you know the whole thing happens and um this was obviously during covid so um there was no breaks from it i couldn't leave the room to cry or to freak out I was in front of her like the whole time which was interesting um but anyway like in talking to the nurses and and doctors um the the nurses had said yeah we're seeing a ton of these lately and so while I was stuck in that ICU we were in the ICU for um three days the last day was education but I read the entire internet (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) I'm a reader and that's and I um and I found you. I had I was posting on Facebook, and I had a Facebook friend that recommended the podcast. So I was super lucky to find the Juicebox oh. podcast and the Facebook group. Oh my gosh, it's everything to me. Um, but I read the whole internet. 
I went to the American Diabetes Association. I watched the president of the Diabetes Association talk, um, give updates. And in one of the speeches that he was talking in, he was talking about how um, DKAs doubled in 2020. Right. So I also have an acquaintance of mine that got pancreatitis from COVID, and I read a ton about the link. And so COVID actually directly attacks the pancreas. That's scientific knowledge that that's what it does. Um, The question is, and people, and I don't really know for sure exactly, you know, how this happened. If, if. Oh, Jacqueline, you just disappeared again. Attack. Jacqueline, hold on a second for me. That time, oh, yeah. that that time, it definitely wasn't my fault. So, what is going on? I don't know. It, it could. I teach on this computer for a living. I never have audio hold problems. On, hold on one second. I'm gonna try something. So okay. we're, we're gonna try something together. Hold on. If you're a longtime podcast listener and you didn't know that the ad was coming here, shame on you. For the rest of you, let's get us. An Omnipod, shall we? Omnipod Dash and or, uh, I guess you can't get both, Omnipod Dash or Omnipod 5. I'm going to go to my link, Omnipod.com forward slash, it's a slash that kind of leads to the right, Juice Box, you know how to use the internet. Okay, oh, look at this, Juice Box Podcast listeners, simplify life with Omnipod. I'll accept your cookies, Omnipod. How Omnipod simplifies life for the Juice Box Podcast host. Oh, it's about my daughter. I wrote that, so I don't have to read it to you. I know what it says. Omnipod 5 is here. It's the first tubeless automated insulin delivery system. Omnipod 5, baby. Integrated with the Dexcom G6. Available for people with type 1 diabetes. Ages 2 and up. It's got smart adjust technology. Smart adjust technology? What the heck is that? I don't know. I'm not a computer. But I do know this. It gives you insulin. It takes insulin away when it thinks you need it or you don't need it. It's automated. Come on. Get in the game. Omnipod 5. Let's do it. You don't want Omnipod 5? I'm not judging you. Get an Omnipod Dash. You still get all the great stuff that comes with Omnipod. It's tubeless. You can jump in the shower. You can jump in a lake. That's got a weird connotation, jump in a lake, right? Go jump in a lake is a bad thing. You could jump in a pool. You could take a shower and not have to take off your stuff and then not have the opportunity to forget to put it back on. And then an hour later go, why is my blood sugar so high? That does that might happen to you if you have a tubed pump, but that is not going to happen with the Omnipod. Why not? You don't have to take it off to jump in the shower or the bathtub. How about exercise? Nope, can leave it on there too. Still make your adjustments. Let that automation run on Omnipod 5 while you're playing your soccer, lifting your weights, or doing the things you do. Even late at night, you know what I'm saying, older people? Hmm? Of course, no tubing to get caught on, let's say, doorknobs. But we know what we're saying. We're not saying doorknobs. We're saying... Okay. Sorry. And I'm going to have to bleep that out. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Seriously, my daughter's been wearing an Omnipod since she was four years old. She's almost 19. It is an absolute friend on this journey with diabetes. If you're using insulin, my goodness, you could use an Omnipod. All right. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay. So I made an adjustment here and we're going to see if that okay. helps. Um, so I apologize because it That's took okay. me by surprise. And I, so you, you, what you said was, I'll recap. 
Okay. You watched the video from the ADA. Right. He said that DKA was up significantly. You had a friend. You had a friend. Doubled. Okay. You had a friend who had pancreatitis um, right. after after COVID, and you're saying right. you're saying that COVID goes like towards the pancreas, which is not something I know about. So um. Yeah. I'm so there's a we there's a study um, on Harvard Medical, and there's some other studies out there that talk about how COVID attacks the pancreas. It doesn't talk about how COVID attacks beta cells, but COVID attacks the pancreas a thousand percent. So. My question is, and the question that hangs out there in the universe, if COVID is attacking the pancreas, if your body is under attack, will your body make antibodies to go towards that place? Because not only do the COVID cells attack the pancreas, but they replicate the pancreatic cells Mm -hmm. and infiltrate as well. So if that is the part of your body that's causing the problem, can your body create those type 1 antibodies to fight it? I don't know. Nobody knows. There's not enough research. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I Googled while you were talking and came up okay. with a couple of things, right? <laughs> so this is from Medscape. It says SARS-CoV-2 infection has also been shown to affect the exocrine pancreas manifesting as pancreatitis in 5% of critically ill patients with COVID-19, as, okay. w- as well as enlargements of the pancreas and abnormal levels of ooh, lipis and amylase in seven and a half to 17% of patients. Now that that's data from pretty recently, May, 2022. Um, okay. Another one says, what are the most common organs affected by COVID-19? Lungs are the main organ affected. However, the virus can also affect others, but then it says such as kidneys, brain, and liver doesn't mention the pancreas. So in my, for me, Knowing nothing and everyone keeping in mind that I slept through a lot of my high school education and did not go to college. (laughs) My expectation is this, is that for your daughter had antibodies that made it more likely for her to get type 1 diabetes and that a virus kicks that process in. So my daughter had uh, Coxsackie virus and then got type 1 diabetes. Right. And And Yeah. And I think, and I'm not saying I know for sure that COVID caused this, but when you look at the statistics for what's happening, either there was just a crap ton of people that were predisposed that it's triggered like crazy, or maybe it could be creating antibodies in some people that weren't predisposed. So So that's my question. Yeah, yeah. It's a and it's a valuable question to ask, obviously. My expectation is is that the first thing you said is what happened. So think of it this way. My daughter was two when she was diagnosed. If I just don't go somewhere with her one day where she gets coxsackie, maybe she's not diagnosed till she's six. Right? And and it's like because at some point you have to get you have to get a virus that has the right mixture, who cares what it is, that will kick you into your type 1. But, right. my, but my daughter always had those antibodies. Like, Coxsackie virus didn't magically make antibodies for type 1 diabetes appear in her. So, right. it, 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 so my point is, is that I think that the population ha- usually doesn't all get sick at once with a virus. And it, and I think it kind of needs to be a virus, like like from what I've you know called together talking to people all this time. Mm-hmm. So I think we just laid a blanket of virus across the uh, across the world, and 
what grew from that is people with type one diabetes shoot, show their head. They're like, Oh, look, I'm, I have type yeah. one now. That's how I think of it. I could be a million percent wrong, but that's how it, it occurs to me. Yeah. And, and I think there's a good chance that, that you're right too. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't know. And I hate not knowing things. <laughs> well, you're in an interesting and- place, aren't you? Because in the beginning of diagnosis, a lot of people torture themselves with this question. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I tortured myself like crazy. Yeah. And the guilt for even sending my kids back to school because they stayed home the year before, you know? Um, and then, you know, me and my husband got vaccinated and we thought the kids would be more resilient. And um, so, yeah, I really, I'm like, I just should have just waited for the vaccine to come out and maybe she would, you know, have another 10 years without it or another however long you know and then on the other side of the coin i'm like god i wasted her last year of being healthy sitting in the house <laughs> oh jacqueline you have many psychological issues stemming from this. I have a lot. Yeah, yeah 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 oh good i fun. overthink it fun for us here on the podcast bad for you at home yeah 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 uh, so <laughs> i was talking to somebody the other day and they were just they had this problem and i was like oh this poor person and then the rest of me was like this is great for the show <laughs> and logically logically i know and people tell me and i know like it's it's not my fault it's, it just feels like parenting through covid and now through type 1 diabetes i feel like every decision i make i regret or is wrong or i can't like there is no right decision and even if you would have made a different decision that could have ended terribly <laughs> that could have ended the wrong way you yeah. know and and i'll tell you what too imagine this imagine you get her uh a vaccine and uh she goes back to school and she gets covid and she ends up with type 1 diabetes you would have been like that vaccine <laughs> oh and there's a, a lot of people out there that 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 claim that the vaccine gave their kid covid or xyz too yeah. and you know yeah and i'm like oh those people are crazy but well, <laughs> but, but I'm not, just as but crazy. not me. <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> well, what it re- yeah, you, yeah, you really can't win. You it, really it, can't. Yeah, what it brings up is the uncertainty of being alive, and what happens when you get put in charge of another human being's life and you love them, right? You know, so now yeah. you feel like I have to make. I mean, listen, I'm no expert, but but my kid's 22, and I thought we did pretty well. And then there are times where something pops up and you're like, he's like, this is completely botched for my childhood. And you're like, really? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't Did she know. say like, that? Did she say that no, to my, you? No, my son. My son's older. Your he's, son. He, yeah, he's like, he's like, this thing happened and you guys should have done this. He's got hindsight. I'm And, and I let him have his feelings and, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I, they're perfectly reasonable. But, um, but, you know, he wasn't 26 and trying to figure out what to do with a one-year-old. Or, or something, you know what I mean? Like, like he, he, he lacks context and, right. and you don't care about context. You care about making the exact right decision. And there's no way to do that. I know, know that logically yeah. my brain knows that, right. you know, but it's still hard to get some of those thoughts out of your head. And you also don't have all the information ever. Like, so my, no. like, so my, my wife, for example, through her work, has knowledge of the J&J COVID vaccine, okay? 
So at the at the very time that people were like, the J&J vaccine is like it killed a bunch of you know what I mean? When that was all going on. Right. <laughs> I, that's the vaccine that I got. Of uh, course. <laughs> listen, I was I was supposed to get the J&J vaccine three days after that popped up in the news. And I was like, God, I hope they don't stop me from getting my vaccine. And then yeah. and then they did. And then I was like, oh, then I had to wait. And then, you know, as soon as they said it was OK again, I went and got the J&J vaccine because I was making decisions based off of what I knew. And and I also had different contexts where I forget the details of this. So please don't take this next couple of sentences for details. But there were a handful of women who died after having yes. the vaccine. But they yes. were they were in a very specific medical situation, right? Or, yes. or, or, or life situation. I don't remember. I'm being very honest. I don't remember. Um, but the point is, is that I was not in that medical situation, so I so I like the idea of the J and J vaccine because it was kind of based on older technology, and I and I liked it. So I'm like, we're going to do this. Plus, my wife had spent a year sifting through safety data for it. Like that's you know, while you were all hiding in your house, my wife was trying to make sure that <laughs> that vaccine was okay. And, do you want to know something interesting about yeah. that vaccine that I was reading about? Is people that took it were more likely to to faint afterwards, and um, I I hate needles. So mm-hmm. much. It's funny. You will never meet anybody that hates hate them. I am um, very needle phobic. I've always been, and um, and so I chose the Johnson and Johnson vaccine because there's one of them, and I also can pass out if I get freaked <laughs> out or you know, yeah, or so or get blood drawn or something. So it's funny that that's the vaccine that people are more likely to pass out in because that's the one all the wimps take. <laughs> Because you only want one, one shot. shot. <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 even that's an interesting statement. Like, you're more likely to pass out if you do this than this. What And and we hear those things as headlines. And then we're like, right. oh, my God. Then in our minds, like, you know, there's a room, a, a gymnasium full of people getting the J&J vaccine. They're falling over like those sleeping sheep. Yeah. Except what it <laughs> probably means is that, you know, I don't know. A hundred people out of every million passed out with this one, but with this one, it was 120. Oh, you, maybe. You, you know what I mean? I just, I just think the psychological aspect of it is interesting. Like the types of people that chose that one might be more predisposed to fainting or freaking out, it's you know, so than the types it, of people that would willingly sign up to get double the needles. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah, it, yeah getting the shot never occurred to me as being an issue one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but I don't have a trouble with the needle. So, um, oh, it's, it's for anyway. Well, you're, well anyway, however sorry. it happened, no, don't be sorry. <laughs> Your daughter's got diabetes now. So, um, and how long ago was this? August twenty third. So of her t- anniversary is coming up. Oh, one year she's coming up on. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So diagnosed during COVID. Did you? How long did she stay in the hospital for? We were in the hospital for three days. Um, she was, when they admitted her, her blood sugar was 575. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her A1C was 8.4. Can I ask you a question? The day that she was diagnosed. Yeah. Was how long after she had gotten COVID? Two weeks. Two 14 weeks. days. 14 days. And her blood sugar was five. Five seventy-five. Five seventy-five. 
Well, 14 days from her fever. Now, she could have been exposed a week before that, but yeah. 14 days from her fever. Right. Okay. I hear you. All right. I got it. I got it. I'm trying to remember how long I thought Arden had Coxsackie for a, a month or so before even longer than she was diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, you stay in the hospital. They let you out. What do they give you when you leave? Oh, they were so great. We had, I had bags and bags of stuff. I had, um, well, she got her little JDRF there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, they gave us like tons of books and material. I actually met with a dietitian at the hospital, um, which was nice. And um, they did lots of training for me at the hospital. I left with insulin pens, um, a glucose meter. Um, so we had Lantus and Humalog. Um, and then keto- ketone strips. I mean, pretty much everything we, we would need. Okay. I like how you, it was like you were leaving a birthday party and people were like, here, take a kazoo. Yeah, she got this huge, like, blanket. They gave her all these toys. Like, they were constantly, like, showering us with... It was this great children's hospital. And and there was a social worker that came in to make sure we were okay. Like, do you need anything? She got me, like, a brush. And so, yeah, they were just amazing. So you you had done a lot of reading while you were in the hospital. So what was your expectation of what living with diabetes was going to be like versus what it ended up being? Oh, at first it was so overwhelming. Um, it was just, you know, like I said, we're, we're both, I hate needles. She hates needles. I mean, even now getting blood work, it's, it's horrible. Um, I, I would, I never wanted to have anything to do with it. Um, so at first I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to do this? all the time, multiple times a day. It's just such a shock. Like it's such a, it just turns everything on its head and Mm. it seemed so daunting and so intimidating. Um, and like, I obviously like went through so much grief of just how our lifestyle was about to change, you know? Um, now a year later, it's not that big of a deal (laughs) as much. I, it's a small, a smaller part of life. Yeah. Does she have, did she have a honeymoon? I don't, not a well-defined one. I don't really understand the honeymoon thing. Okay. Because it's, um, I don't know. And she's had, she's 10. So she's got like hormones, hormonal stuff is starting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to tell. Like we need to make adjustments sometimes, but she never got to a point where like she didn't need insulin or anything like that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say if you don't understand the the honeymoon, then you didn't see it. Yeah, probably no, not. Right, um, but that's even interesting that she had a short or non-existent honeymoon. So her her needs haven't changed significantly in any leaps. Not really. Interesting. Not really. I like how you said she has hormone stuff going on. <laughs> you know, you know that thing when you think you have it all figured out and then you're like, oh, I got a couple of days here where we're we're doing good. And then all of a sudden it changes. It, it, you know, yeah. she needs 
she needs half the insulin or twice the insulin. You're like, what the the hell is going on? Right. No, I know. Um, Okay. So how did she handle it? Like, I guess just kind of psychologically and like as a person. Um, At first, really, really well. At first it was, um, she, she started giving herself shots actually fairly quickly. She preferred that. Mm -hmm. Um, She got a lot of attention in the beginning um and she really liked that and she didn't mind the candy either um so at first um it was it was good it took a little while for things to kind of soak in um now um she's still pretty um i don't know I like how you said she doesn't like she wanted to do the shots herself. And I'm thinking, well, of course she does, because you're probably holding the needle like, I don't want to do this. This is terrible. Well, <laughs> no, I no. mean, I got used to it pretty quickly. I, I got I really like was able to obviously out of necessity, I compartmentalize and right. like, detach myself from feeling anything at all. And <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just go into like robot mode. Um, so, no, Um but now it's it's complicated. There's a lot of layers there. There's a lot of, of things we were working on. Um, I started taking her to a a horse therapist, um, which is not a a horse talking to her, but as a therapist that uses horses. Um, my husband says every time I say horse therapist, he thinks of like her talking to a horse. It's funny. I thought opposite. I thought, oh, these poor people can't afford a therapist for a person. That's terrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I well, knew, I I knew what she well, meant. What's funny is the reason she's going to equine therapy is because I couldn't find a normal one. I, I, you know, I was looking everywhere and she was asking for help and she, you know, obviously has a lot that she's dealing with and isn't great or comfortable with expressing herself. Like she keeps a lot on the inside. That's, um, and she's always um been that way so um i i searched forever i contacted the hospital i contacted everybody and nobody had any resources that would take our insurance that would talk to somebody her age um and then finally i was just at this um leadership thing and one of the people that i was going with he's like well i do equine therapy and i have an opening and and she takes insurance (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh so it, it worked out. How does and, this um, how does this work? Does she just sort of care for the horse and and ride it and that kind of thing? She hasn't actually ridden the horse, um, but she will like groom it. So she brushes it and does like breathing. And then the horse is very in tune to feelings. And so, you know, if you put your hand on a horse and you think happy thoughts and you put out your hand on a horse and you think angry thoughts, the horse reacts differently to your mood. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of getting in touch with your own feelings through getting in touch with the horse's feelings and the horse expresses how it feels with different body language and, you know, and the things that the horse does. And so she's teaching my daughter, you know, see how he does this with his head or how he, that means he's feeling this way or, mm-hmm. um, or we, we don't want to make him feel nervous. So it's a lot with, um, it helps with like anxiety. Yeah. Um, but also just kind of identifying what are your feelings and how to kind of be a little bit more in control of them and identifying them. 
That seems like either very worthwhile or someone is tricking you into paying them to brush their horse. <laughs> one or the other. Well, I mean, it's insurance, so it's fine. <laughs> I, I imagine the person right now, they're like, this is amazing. So these people give me $40 and then they brush my horse for me. <laughs> and I, tell I them, know, right? And I tell them I know what it means when the horse looks down to the right. <laughs> I need to like, I need to start advertising like vacuum therapy services. Oh my God, Jacqueline. <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking the same thing while you're talking. I was like, I wonder if people would feel better pressure washing my siding. <laughs> I know that that crossed my mind too. It's pretty funny. But listen, yeah, if it's just, helping her, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, no, she really likes it. It, it just sucks because it's, it's hot. We're in Arizona. So over the summer, um, she's, we can't do, we can't do the horse stuff over the summer because it's triple digit temperatures. So yeah, yeah, we have you, to wait until late September to get back into it probably right. or October. Yeah. You live somewhere where people aren't supposed to be. Yeah. yeah because the temperatures it's, it's gorgeous but it's we do need to be we do need either water or air conditioning we need to be in the pool or in the house it's <laughs> interesting isn't it yeah um yeah. i was just talking with somebody the other day from canada and they were talking about how cold it gets and i, and I was like move like why are you there <laughs> and now uh, and now you're telling me triple digits and i'm like i don't care how nice it is at the other times of year <laughs> you get the hell out of there well but, yeah. i don't know if you could see my facebook profile um but you could i actually went for a walk at sunrise this morning uh, around the lake the park by my house mm -hmm. and i take i like wake up at 5 a.m. and take pictures of the sunrise and it's just it's everything. It's yeah. How, how hot totally is it at it. five o'clock? Um, it was about eighty-two. Oh, okay. This Eight. morning at five a.m. So it's not too bad right now because it's monsoon season. So we're getting like rains and stuff. I like when people from different places say things that they think sound normal. Like it's triple digits hot and it's monsoon season, <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, you know, because it's monsoon season. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. That's <laughs> yeah. just basically when we're pelted with. Like these monsoons are crazy. We had two trees ripped out of our front yard that were like ten years old a couple yeah. weeks ago. See, you're explaining a scenario where I would run. <laughs> <laughs> I like, love it. Here. I feel like I got to go somewhere else where there's no monsoon season, uh, if at all possible. Well, but I visited my friend in California um, a couple weekends ago, and she gave me a hard time because I had to wear a jacket to the beach. Because <laughs> like, I was like chilly. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I just, I couldn't live anywhere else. Cause I, you know, if, if it's anywhere around 70 or below, forget it. Like I'm freezing. I can't handle yeah. it. I've only been to Arizona <laughs> once. I was in and out very quickly. Um, but it, yeah. it, it was nice, but I was there to, at a reasonable time of year. Although now that I'm thinking of it, when I landed, we had to take alternate routes to where I was going because some of the streets were flooded. Yeah. So, yeah. So you don't, it doesn't handle rainwater well either. Right. Not too great. Yeah. So historically, there is a history of of flooding. We have we haven't. I would say we haven't had anything too horrible, right? In recent history, but gotcha. Well, listen, our, but the town I live in has like walls built to just in case. <laughs> <laughs> You're painting a photo uh, for people. No one's going to move to Arizona after hearing you describe it. So. Oh, hopefully, yeah, yeah. we're like the fastest growing, one of the fastest growing places in the country. So that's fine if people stop moving here. It's that's fine. only because of the equine <laughs> therapy industry that is just taking Maybe. off. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, fire trucks. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't happen very often around here. Can you hear that? No. No. My microphone is so good. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> it it uh it takes my voice in but but blocks everything else out. Um okay, so she's struggling a little bit. Is that fair? Yeah. Yes, yes. How does that how does that present itself? Like what side of that do you see? Like I know you said she holds things inside. She needs help, she's having trouble expressing herself, but what does it look like to you from the outside? The, um, the struggle. Getting um just reactions that don't match the situation sometimes or being upset and not knowing why. Um crying and not knowing why sometimes. Mhm. So, um, and not wanting to do things that she previously wanted to do. She gives up very easily. Um, we, we tried doing school last year in person with diabetes. That was a nightmare. I, it was a, um, it was a really hostile situation with the, the administration at that school. Um, so I didn't want to deal with them again, but I left it up to my daughter, you mm-hmm. know, I would do it for her if that's what she needed, you know, but, um, she hated, I mean, they pulled her out of school seven, eight times, six, seven, eight times a day sometimes to check her blood sugar and just refuse to use Dexcom to follow her at all. Like I was so excited when we got the technology. I'm like, Oh, she could be in class, least restrictive environment. Um, and they're just like, which is funny because the school really touts like technology. Um, but they're, Oh no, you know, it's going to make us liable, whatever. So instead of just looking at a screen to see her numbers, they wanted to bring her into the nurse's office, you know, before and after every meal, before and after PE and recess, you know, beginning of the day, end of the day. And, you know, and I, uh, and before and after, um, everything. They were finger sticking her like nine times a day when she was wearing a CGM. No, oh, they okay. they wanted her to physically leave the classroom and go report to the nurse what her CGM said. Why does that matter? I don't understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> instead of the nurse having access to it? Yeah, and we donated um, $400 to the school um, so they could get a tablet. And they happily took my money knowing exactly what it was for and then refused to buy one. Oh, are they playing and when angry I went birds in to on ask it, you questions, think? Yeah. I went in to ask questions and I talked to the principal for the first time and I had never talked to this person, never really met the principal, except for maybe like in the beginning when we had the meeting, but I had never like had a one-on-one conversation with her. And I went in there to like ask for her help, right? I, I, I know how to deal with people. I was in customer service forever. Like I, I'm not like some crazy person, right? And she was like, oh, we could talk about this in my office. And I was like, oh, great. I can sit down and talk to her. I'm so excited to talk to her. We sit down and she was, well, first of all, you need to calm down. And that was the first thing she said to me. And I'm like, oh, shit. And, <laughs> and, she, and she was like talking down to me like an angry teacher, like a bad mm-hmm. teacher would talk to a student. And she's like, every time you come in here, you have an attitude. She said that to me and I have no, I, I, had you, I and you had never you, spoken to her before. I have never spoken to her before. I felt like I was being nice to everybody. I felt I was doing the best I could. I, I never said a negative thing to or about anybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I brought in baked goods when they asked me to, and I brought, you know, gifts at Christmas time. And I'm like, and I, I, I know I'm not like 
maybe I'm just not a likable person. Like, but oh basically gosh, she was Jackie. telling me, this woman was telling me like, she doesn't like me, you know? And I'm, and I'm sitting there asking for help for my kid. And she's like, we're doing everything we need to do. And we're not legally obligated to do this, this or that. And, you know, we're doing what we need to do to keep your daughter safe. And um, she was so hostile. I started shaking and I started crying and I left. And um, Jacqueline, I would have me. taken I would have taken four hundred dollars worth of office supplies out of her office when I left. <laughs> <laughs> she followed me into the front office from her office uh-huh. and kept going at me. And I don't remember what she said because my ears were ringing. Huh. And I turned around and I yelled at her. And I said, stop talking. You don't know how to talk to people. I yelled that at her. Right. And then I got in my car and I was like a, a mess. Yeah. I couldn't drive because I was shaking and crying so hard. I was just there to ask for help. Right. And I was so viciously attacked. And um, I tried to, I went online, tried to find somebody that this woman was accountable for two it was a public charter school so they're not part of a district mm-hmm. and i couldn't find anybody i couldn't find anybody to reach out to for help um and i almost pulled my kids out of school that day right. <laughs> so but i'm like okay you know get your head straight calm down cool off um and i did i calmed down i cooled off i i sent her an email a couple you know the next day saying like, you know, these are the things you said that made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend maybe not using this, this verbiage with other parents in the future. <laughs> you know, right. I put it all in writing and she, you know, she came back and she emailed me back and apologized if that's how I felt. And she said, I just, I have a history of going in there and questioning what they're doing um, and criticizing them, she said, which I didn't feel like was the case at all. So, but I'm sorry for asking questions. This is all, I'm just trying to help my kid too, you know? Yeah. So not knowing you for more than 45 minutes, I, I'm thinking that she didn't like being challenged and they didn't want to expand what they do because then it all, it opens them up to liability and it opens them up to having to provide those services for other people in the future. So yeah. And the funny thing is, is when, when Belle would, and, and she, you know, your first year, you're going to be all over the place. And maybe you're all over the place all the time. I don't know. But there were times where she was really high and there were times where she dropped fast. Mm-hmm. And the, those, the times that she dropped fast were not the times the nurse had her check in. So right. having that extra security to me is less liability. To me, if you tell me, no, I'm not going to monitor your daughter. And then my daughter has a seizure because you're not monitoring her. Right. <laughs> that's when I'm going to get a lawyer. It, That's when I'm going to sue you for not doing what I told you needs to be done to monitor her. Yeah. So how is it more liability well, to to have that information? The way it's more liability, if you look at it just from their side, is that saying that you'll do it infers that you'll stop the problem from happening in their mind. Instead of just saying, like, you know, we'll do our best to monitor this. If, by the way, my phone is silenced and I don't get a an alarm or something, or I walk away from my tablet and I don't hear that, that's what they're worried about, is that you then, your kid has a problem, and then you say, well, we gave you the tablet, you were monitoring it, how did you let this happen? This is your fault. Like, so it's just, it's liability. It's like everybody it trying seems, to say. It seems so common sense that, you know, 
I, I understand that there's going to be human error. There's human error when she's with me. I'm monitoring it at home as well. Right. You know, but if an extra set of eyes um, sure would have been nice. But, it's all um, common sense right up until somebody can sue somebody. And then everybody hides well, in a corner and covers their ass. Well, I hope that yeah. they get sued for not having it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to. To me, to me, like declining, declining us, uh, declining the technology that would help you to keep a child safer is putting that child in more danger. Yeah, but that, you know, that's a coin flip at schools, whether or not somebody's going to want to follow or not. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, which is why, which is why we're learning online this year. Cause I can't, I can't fight. I'm, I'm, I don't want to fight anymore. And I'm, um, well, and she, she chose it too. She was tired of it too. Um, I'm hoping by the time she gets to middle school that she will be self sufficient enough to not need, um, help at all from the nurse. Are there, are there not other school options for you or will she at middle school be in a different system by then? So I could put her in another elementary school. It's funny. I was thinking about putting her in this one that was supposed to have this great nurse and then the nurse quit right beforehand. And it's just the turnover right now is through the roof Mm -hmm. and the staffing right now is really bad. Um, so I feel like even if I did find the perfect situation, there's no guarantees that that person would even stay there. <laughs> yeah. Are you, do you work full-time? No, I work part-time. I teach online. Okay. Is there a world where you, but you were watching though, right? While she was at school. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So- I was, I was managing from home and I was going in there like maybe once a week and, um, and it was stressful because she has a T-slim now as well. Um, and she doesn't always respond to her alarms. And so right. I was having to call the school and just trying to do everything from home. It was just a lot. I was just, um, it was a lot. Yeah. So, because what I was thinking was, isn't it, wouldn't it have been possible for just like, we'll take these check-in times that the nurse wants and you'll check at those times. Well, and that's what I did towards the end of the school year um, uh, because it was getting so out of hand. She was missing so much class. Mm-hmm. Um, I got with my endo team and we got a new health plan together that says she is never to go to the nurse unless if she's below 60 or if she doesn't feel good or she wants to go to the nurse. Right. Um, so we essentially kind of fired the nurse. Um, and that's when I started doing everything 100% from home, which again, it's like, it was still a lot and she's still, um, she was very self-conscious about her pump beeping. So sometimes she would turn those off. Mm-hmm. Um, or if she's in the middle of a project or in the middle of doing something, she doesn't want to deal with it. I have to call the front office. They have to go get her. Um, how often so was that happening? Maybe once or twice a week. And the school doesn't have oh, wow. phones. You had to call the front office and they had to go get her. They couldn't just call the room and say, Hey, send, Bell well, I would try calling her cell phone and sometimes she wouldn't answer. And the worst was when she was at recess. Mm-hmm. I tried to get the teacher to hold on to the phone, but she didn't understand like how to answer it or whatever. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. Again, so, uh, you do not work uh, for the Arizona Travel Council or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I love Arizona, but our education system is 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 is, is, is very, very tough. Um, mm. 
and in, in Arizona, even teachers at charter schools don't even need to have degrees or certificates. So, um, and I went to school for education and I'm telling you a lot of the teachers with degrees even, uh, yeah. so. <laughs> well, listen, I, 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 let me tell you something. My mom is in a place where, uh, she lives in a place where they're monitoring her care. Okay. Yeah. And, um, Two days ago, I'm talking to her, and I'm like, how's everything going, Mom? And she's like, my blood pressure's high. And I was like, okay. So it was high enough to be concerning. It had been high for a couple of days. I said, what are they doing? She said, well, they gave me more blood pressure medication. And I was like, okay, has the doctor seen you? No. They just gave me more blood pressure medication. I said, is that working? She said, no. I was like, okay. So I called the nurse, and I say, hi, my mom's blood pressure's been very high for four days. She's 80 years old. What are we doing? Um, well, they gave her more medicine. I said, is that working? And she goes, no, it doesn't seem to be. And I said, okay. I said, okay, so what are we going to do now? She goes, well, we like to wait a little longer. I said, well, why don't we talk to a doctor? And so I said, I, I think maybe we'd want to speak to her physician who's making the decisions about the medication. Can you talk to the doctor for me? She goes, sure. And I said, when can I call back to see what the doctor said? She goes, call back in 24 hours. I was like, okay, that's me saying, I know you're not going to call the doctor. Right. So I call back in 24 hours. I get her back on the phone and I say, hey, what did the doctor say about my mom's blood pressure? Oh, you know, I usually bump into him during the day, but I just haven't seen him today. So I haven't spoken to him yet. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's been 24 hours. Can you go speak to him now? She goes, sure. I'll call you right back. I was like, great. I'll wait for your call. So she calls back and says the doctor upped her blood pressure medication again. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, is that it? <laughs> and she goes, uh-huh. And I was like, what kind of doctor is he? And she goes, uh, he's a GP. I said, so he's a general practitioner. I was like, right. I said, what did the cardiologist say about this? And she starts flipping through. She goes, well, your mom's never seen a cardiologist for this. Oh, my God. And I go, um, don't you think that'd be a good idea? She has a pacemaker. She's 80 years old. She just went through chemotherapy. Her blood pressure's up. It's high. It's consistently high. Don't you think? And then the woman started covering her ass. The, the nurse, I was listening to her cover her ass while we were talking. You should probably talk to her doctor because I don't know the answers to these questions. I'm like, you sure you do. You see her five times a day. You take her blood pressure every time. You do know. So she doesn't take her blood pressure and see a problem and go, oh, I have to help Bev. She says, I have to document this because that's mm. what keeps me out of trouble. And then yeah. I told the doctor, now it's his problem. And so I said, well, we're letting a GP make decisions about this. It doesn't make sense. She goes, well, I don't know. I'm not aware of his complete training. I said, you think he's a GP and he's privately a cardiologist and keeping that a secret from everybody? <laughs> and, she, and she's like, well, I don't know. You'll have to call him. So I call him. I say, hey, oh my I hear about my mom, blah, blah, blah. What are we doing? He goes, well, I doubled her blood pressure medication. I said, is that working? And he goes, no. And I said, well, she's on a medication for pain. I said, a tiny bit of Googling tells me that could cause high blood pressure. Well, she's been taking that for a while, so that wouldn't be it. I said, are you sure? Why don't you try cutting it back and see what happens? Because if you just take a pill from her from a, for a day and see if maybe her blood pressure goes down, why don't we try a little bit? Well, I don't think that's it. I was like, yeah, but why don't we try it anyway? And he goes, okay, I'll look at that. And I'm like, all right. And I said, and what about her seeing a cardiologist? And he goes, yeah, she hasn't seen a cardiologist for this. And I went, do you think she should? 
And he goes, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll set that up. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll set that well, up. Well, at least he didn't fight you on it. Jacqueline, it's because I'm like where you sat in the office. You're like, she's yelling at me. I was like, and you kind of, you kind of curled up. That's when I blossom. I'm at like, you guys know me like 47%. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. love being in fights. Like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, yeah. and normally, normally I am, I'm great at confrontation. I don't know what it was. I, I, I don't know if it was just the subject matter of it, you know, and the, it being about this and, just right. uh, just how overwhelmed and taken off guard and it back. Like I've I've never been treated that way by anybody that's worked anywhere. And to have the principal of your child's school treat you that way, I mean, I was in just such a state of shock. Yeah. I, I just I, I, I'm still pissed that we don't haggle over car prices anymore when we're buying cars. It was one of my favorite things to do like every five years. Oh, that's what I used to do. Yeah. I was a serv- <laughs> I was a sales manager at a Ford dealership. And I worked for Ford for four years, and then I was an internet manager at Nissan for two years, and I loved negotiating. I love the art. It's my favorite thing. The art, yeah. It's so fun to negotiate and, and haggle. And When we were young, we left, and my <laughs> wife's like, we argued for three hours and saved $1,000. I was like, you know, it's amazing, right? She's like, did it matter? And I was like, I don't know. I had a great time. That's <laughs> so, making $333 an hour. I know. Have you made $333 an hour? <laughs> I'm like, I'm killing it here, you know? But so, so then I, so, but think about this. The no one has my mom's best interest at heart in this story, except for me. Right. And everyone is willing to do bare bones, basic, whatever it is. One nurse said to me, swear to you, well, your mom is older and she has heart problems. And I was, I said, yes. She goes, heart problems don't get better. They get worse. And I went, (laughs) uh, okay. (laughs) So they can get better. They can get better. well, Well, let's just say she's right. We're done. Okay. Are we done with her now? Like, well, are we going to, we should just push her in the dumpster? Is that is that this? Like, you're not going <laughs> to try to do something? I was like, she just spent the last year of her life defeating cancer. And now you're going to tell me her blood pressure got higher? And like, oh, well, it's over now. Like, she actually said it to me in that tone. Well, like this, you know, this isn't going to get better. And I was like, she's, I'm she's like, probably she's probably just so jaded. She's, yeah, she's yeah. she's the one in charge. She's she's my mom's frontline defender, you know. And then I get to the doctor, and he think about this: if my mom seeing a cardiologist was a good idea, why did I have to call and say it? Because it was not going to happen if I didn't call. That doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. Right. So you think that that principal is going to put her ass out in the sunshine for you? No way. Not yeah. in a million years. If your kid has to go learn in her bedroom for three years so that she keeps her job, then that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's it. That's what's happening. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't see this as being cynical, by the way. And I'm certain that there are plenty of people. Well, and that's not the only layer to this either is she's really struggled in math and I didn't realize the extent of it until COVID hit. And mm-hmm. I actually saw how she struggled in math. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing she would cry about a lot last year. And when I would go to her teacher, I, I, I would get nothing. And so um, I like, she needs help in math. And, you know, a lot of kids when they're bad at math, it's like, okay, just don't get a job that has math in it. But it's like, no, you have to understand how numbers work to manage your healthcare for the rest of your life. Oh, like oh. you can't just not understand how numbers work 
you know. <laughs> well, Jacqueline, also not for nothing, but bailing on a ten-year-old as unhelpable around math is silly. Like, well, like, and that's yeah. not what happened. Right, what happened right. is I would call and ask how she's doing, and the teacher would say, "Well, I don't know. She doesn't really raise her hand." <laughs> So she doesn't know if she's struggling because she doesn't raise her hand so, and, and ask and tell her that she's struggling. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I, she's not able to do any of the, the homework and she's crying that she feels like she's right. the stupidest one in class and everybody else gets it and she's not getting it. And I was like, I think she has a learning disability in math. And I said that repeatedly. I think she has a learning disability. Well, we don't really have any any inter, any programs to to do anything about that. Well, it wasn't until the end of the school year where somebody told me, no, you have to put in writing. I'm officially requesting that she get tested for a learning disability. Okay. I send them an email and writing, but it was too close to the end of the school year. So like, but, we'll do it when, when school starts. I'm like, Jacqueline, oh, great. <laughs> do you see that if we take that little parable that you just told me and pull out the words math, and put in high blood pressure and a couple of other things. It's the yeah. exact story about me talking to the doctor about my yeah, mom. right. It's just it's just it's just complacency and 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 I'm I'm sorry that you know I'm and uh, that's you know I just I have higher expectations of people and, and it's, yeah my point isn't that it's it's specifically in healthcare or specifically in education. It's specifically in people. They're like, yes. listen, there's a process yeah. here. I am yeah. following the process. You have not written down the words you just said to me, and I'm not legally obligated to tell you that if you write it down that we can get her help, or I don't know, or whatever. And so it's a checklist. It's Well, there's, there's, there's two kinds of people. There's people that go to work, and they go through the motions, and they collect their check. And then there's people that are passionate about what they do and take pride in their work and are there to really do the right thing and be helpful. And mm. unfortunately, in my daughter's case, she's really been experienced to that first type of person in education yeah. In healthcare. She's been very lucky. Right. You know, and I, I could be here telling you the opposite story. She could have fantastic, you know, school and horrible hospital. And there's people with that too. Right. Um, but in this case, we've had the complacency on the, on the school side and I don't even want to roll the dice to deal with that again. Cause yeah. I've done so much. I started reading again. <laughs> I, I know she has dyscalculia. Dyscalculia is a uh, math learning disorder um, that's about as common as dyslexia, um, but it affects a certain part of the brain. And I've been, I listened to every podcast and I've read everything I could about it. And it explains why she didn't learn how to ride a bike until she was nine. It explains um, why she has trouble understanding how time works and how uh, money works and all this other stuff, like with numbers are really difficult for her to comprehend. And yeah. so her online school is going to be testing her for dyscalculia. But again, after right. my research, I'm like, okay, this is, and I'm so relieved. I'm like, oh my God, I can, we could actually do something about this. We there's actually like something to try. There's actually, yeah. you know, processes we can, you know, accommodations and tools to use to help people. And there's a lot of adults that, that, um, that suffer from dyscalculia, but, but nobody knows about it. <laughs> so they mm -hmm. just feel like they're, they're dumb and they're not. Their uh, brain just works differently. Listen, if, you if know? how money works is one of the signs and I might know a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's, I laugh, but it's, it's sad. I mean, because my daughter is, she's very, very bright and she reads uh, like a fish. She reads all the time and she writes all the time and she's very intelligent. But when it comes to numbers, they just, her brain just doesn't 
process them it come the same way for, as everybody for else. And and with diabetes, that that's scary to me, you know. So I'm like, she needs to understand number concepts. Yeah. I'd also like to see her have a little grade. savings when she's uh, older, too. That'd be nice, you know. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily about like managing money. It's more so like calculating change and understanding amounts and really? things like that. How about yeah. time? How does time fit into it? Well, basically, especially like second through fifth grade, um, that's when kids are learning like all these different um, number models. So, you know, you count in base 10, but when you when you do time, you're in base 12, you know, mm-hmm. and then when you're talking about dollars, you're in base 100 and you're learning about all these different measurements. Right. And a, a ruler is 12 inches and there's 30 days in a month and there's 12 months in a year. And um just kind of getting to remember all these different base value systems is is really tough. To, to and for some people, it just do. happens, and then for some people, it doesn't. Right. Okay. Yeah, because and it's and it's a physical brain thing where like a certain part of their brain on one side isn't communicating. You know, so in these people, one of the podcasts I listened to, they were saying when you give these people calculations, when they try to do calculations, the language center in their brain lights up instead of the math center. So it's super interesting. Um, it's yeah. just like it's a different, different way of thinking, I guess. Right. Now, it, it, and listen, everybody's not going to think exactly the same way, but you could have the basics, and somebody could help you, especially when you're ten years old. That just makes sense. So, uh, I, you know, yeah, well, I'm glad. She, I'm glad. She's, <laughs> I don't know. I, listen, you, you're making this sound like I can't even make fun of Canada anymore. If this is what Arizona is, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like there's it's not well you know it's everywhere and there's 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 great schools i'm sure in arizona there's great schools in arizona and there's horrible schools in arizona and there's great schools everywhere and horrible schools everywhere i'm mm-hmm. sure sh- i'm sure except for maybe some places don't have horrible schools because everyone there thinks education is important but here oh i'm sorry <laughs> All right, Jacqueline, listen, let's start talking about whether or not we got to everything you wanted to talk about. So I'm going to look. You said some things in your note that have not come up at all. Yeah. So um, wait a second. You've recently got married. I got married in April. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That is very recently. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So so there's so there's that. That that must be difficult for kids too. Like I mean Well, we were already living together for a few years before that. So it wasn't really um to them it was just a party. <laughs> it didn't really change our lifestyle or anything. Okay, I understand. All right, that makes sense. Um all right. Well then let's let me ask you, is there anything we haven't talked about that you wanted to talk about? The thing we haven't talked about was the the custody thing. And um uh how well how does custody work for you uh so right now it's kind of 50 50 with school being back in session it's 50 50 for my son who's in middle school and then for my daughter it's um she's here every day during the day and then she's with him um uh three to four nights a week but, how, so I, I my daughter's here a lot more. How does how does how is the custody an issue with the diabetes? So my ex is a recovering alcoholic, mm-hmm. and um, he huh, so he's been he's been doing great. 
for a very, very long time. Um, so, but it's just kind of one of those things where once you have that in you, it's like any addiction, right? There's always a chance of something happening. So when, when my daughter was diagnosed, um, my ex was already going through a lot with his, he had family members. Um, he actually had a family member that went into the hospital the day before Bell did, my daughter did. No. Um, and he had another family member that was having, that he needed to help with because the other family member was in the hospital. So he had a lot um, going on. And then the thing happened with my daughter. Um, so I was really worried for him that, you know, that could trigger something. Um, and then about a month after, so it's just, so for me, like as a mom, like even before diabetes, there's just kind of always this like, like if something happens, like if his, if his wife were to leave him or if something were to happen to his parents, like I, I always worry like he could start again. Um, and how so what that, happened was... Yeah, how does that impact like day-to-day stuff? Well, it wasn't... Well, so his wife, like I said, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And she handled a lot of the diabetes stuff, especially at first when he wasn't really able to process it because he was going through a lot. Um, but about a month after she was diagnosed, um, she went on vacation. Like she left for the weekend and left him home alone with the kids. And I got a phone call from the kids um, crying and terrified because he was um, very intoxicated and they didn't feel safe. And so I had to pick them up and file a police report and do all this stuff. And my son had to give my daughter her Lantis shot, which she had never done before. Um, Oh, Jacqueline, you broke up. It's not that she doesn't understand, but she can, like, she could be thinking six and write a nine. You know what I mean? Jacqueline, I'm sorry. You broke up again. Your, your son had had to give your daughter Lantis and. Yeah. And my, you know, my daughter isn't, even though she likes to give herself the shot, I always want to double check that it's the right dose Mm -hmm. because sometimes she can think one number and write down another number. Um, so she can mix up numbers very easily. And my son has never done this and I wasn't even sure he knew how much to dose her. (laughs) So that was happening. Um, so I had to go pick them up. Um, I was actually at my parents' house. I drove across town. Um, I had to file a report and, um, go back to court and get more testing done. And then he had to do some, some testing. So, um, and he did, and he went through everything and he, and he got it back together. And she's, um, his wife is like, I mean, they're doing the best that, that they possibly can. And I can't, um, and I'm grateful for that, but it's just, um, it was just some, an additional little trauma right. that she endured. Um, so they've endured some, she's endured some trauma. Yeah. Um, so that's just a little, it, it's kind of in the back of my mind. If, um, if she's not there, will he take advantage of the situation? Um, and and give in to those impulses. I see. So it's kind of scary. Well, that does sound scary. Actually. I mean, diabetes is scary, and I'm just and just as a mom, and I don't know if all moms are like this, but or parents are like this, but there's just a certain level of paranoia that I always have. There's mm-hmm. a certain level of like worst case scenarioism that I always am, you know, is wondering. Um, 
So it just kind of adds to that a little bit. Um, I think I understand. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a rough situation. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, even on your son who all of a sudden got thrust into like, I'll, I guess I'm going to give her this shot, you know, is, uh, I mean, I'm, it sounds like they took care of it, but the circumstances make it, uh, it's not a triumphant feeling under those circumstances. Right. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Well, all right, Jacqueline, listen, <laughs> I don't want to say your life's a show, but it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> My life, I have a great life. I have a wonderful, I'm. I have a one. I have wonderful kids. I am madly in love with my husband. I'm, I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to be here with my daughter, and I don't have to keep fighting with the school while I'm at a full time job. You yeah. know, so I have got a lot to be grateful for. No, for sure. No, I, I was teasing you. There's and and who wouldn't <laughs> tease somebody about that? I just I was yeah. like, it's just a it's a heavy conversation. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. So it's it's. Uh, it, because especially, I mean, listen, the alcoholism aside, if if a couple of people in your life just wanted to do a slightly better job or be a little more valuable to the people around them, then most of these big problems you have just wouldn't exist. And it would take uh, such a tiny bit of effort on their part to to remove a lot from your shoulders and from your daughter and, and everything, you know, and it's, that's, what's frustrating to me is that. Oh yeah. yeah. If, Oh, if she was able to go to school, I would be teaching in a classroom right now. Right. Right. It's just, it's, so it's not it, that here much in Arizona where, where we have no teachers in the classroom, you know, there's such a shortage here. Everyone's desperate for teachers. I can't be there. I can't teach in a classroom right now because my daughter has to come first. You know, if I knew she was safe at school and they were watching her and I could trust them, then I could be teaching in a classroom. Yeah. But it, I'm not. It just, and it just doesn't seem like it would take that much for that to happen. I guess <laughs> is the, you know what You I would mean? think. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of will. That's all. Like the will to do it. And and that's most of it. I, I think they would find that the a- actual effort on their part would actually would go down, not not up like like actual effort put out would go down safety would move up uh and they have they had four type one diabetics in the school so they had four kids doing this so you know multiply the number of nurse visits by four and that's how many times she had somebody coming in to interrupt her when all she could have put them all four on the tablet and looked at the screen i wonder if i wonder how much of it is is job protection of like, well, if these kids don't come down here, then what do I do? Like, I wonder if that ever popped into anyone's head. You know well, I mean? there were two, there were actually two nurses and one of the nurses was really great and um, open to it. And then the other nurse was oddly, oddly clinging to their, oddly clinging to this more. Older ideas. Um, yeah. And it's unnecessarily, it's like, it's like government, right? Like, it's like. <laughs> Like, why do you have to make things more complicated and difficult than they have to be? Like, just stop. Just make it easy on yourself. Well, it just sounds like the one use nurse. Use the is, technology. Yeah, it just sounds like the one nurse is stuck in the way they do it. Yeah, and she and she took it. Oh, gosh, I need to tell you this. She took it so personal. Mm-hmm. You know, she took it so personal when I, I wasn't happy with, with the way they were doing it. Like, she's missing too much class. She, I, you know, I want, I would much rather her be remotely monitored 
so right. she could stay in class yeah, if she's healthy, you know, and she, she took it very personal. And after that confrontation happened with the principal, the next day, she didn't let me in her office. She peeked her head out to talk to me with the door closed around her head. And then like, she was really hostile with me for the rest of the year. Like so much so, cause my son used to meet me at the nurse's office. He goes, why is the nurse so mad at you? Like she was, <laughs> openly like yeah so, like junior so high so. level like junior high level like i can't stand you i'm not gonna give you eye contact or smile in your direction i'm gonna frown and look in a different direction <laughs> like, yeah. and i i just it's just it's so wild to me like i don't i've never seen adults behave that way in any professional yeah. any setting well there you like, go you found ever. i just <laughs> Uh, that's it's incredibly so in the in the end it's just incredibly unfortunate luck you know just Bad luck that those are the people you ran into. Yeah. So I'm sorry. All right, Jacqueline, I appreciate you doing this very much with me. Um, I I really do. I I I hope you had a good time, even though we talked about some bummer stuff. But but I thought it was a uh, I thought it was a good conversation. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> uh, hold on one second for me, okay? Well, Jacqueline did her part, didn't she? That was wonderful. And you know who else chipped in? Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Get yourself the Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash. It's up to you. You get to choose. But whatever you choose, choose it through my link. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. I got a bounce in my voice. Oh, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go visit my daughter for a couple days for Parents Weekend. So I'm kind of excited. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. What else? Oh, well, I got to thank you for listening, of course. Remind you to tell other people about the podcast if you're enjoying it. I mean, if you really love it, leave a five-star rating and a beautiful review wherever you listen. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Oh, you know what else, too? Hold on. If you know some people with the Type 2 Diabetes, I just put out a great series about Type 2. Can you please let them know about it? We're trying to spread the word. That's all I'm asking you to do. If you don't know where to find this uh, information... Fair enough. The private Facebook group under the Featured tab will have a whole list. And um, gosh, I want to say, yes, here it is. You go to uh, juiceboxpodcast.com, click on the top, type 2 diabetes. There's a whole uh, uh, a menagerie there. A menagerie of information for people who have prediabetes or type 2. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Hey guys, just jumping in to remind you that one of our sponsors, BetterHelp, is offering 10% off your first month of therapy when you use my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. That's betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. It is 100% online, boasts over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists, and you can talk to them however you want, text, chat, phone, or on video. You can actually message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash juicebox. Save 10% on your first month.